0: Hey, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast, brought to you this week by BetOnline.ag. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, just
1: think back. Roughly five years ago, we started the <laughs> Always Cheating Podcast. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks later, we started talking about Game Week 26 of the 2019-20 season.
0: Yep. Years later, here we are. 200 episodes. Uh, it's an yep.
1: incredible journey, and, and yep. uh, I thank God it's almost over.
0: Yeah. I, I wonder if... How much do you think it was the Man City game getting delayed? If that if that doesn't get delayed, are, are we more positive about this winter break? Because as it is, it f- sort of feels like we just had two international breaks. It does not feel like we got football both weekends the way I thought it would. Um, it kind of feels like we just had like a weird, like a couple of like FA Cup matches or something. You know, it's a little it was a yeah. strange vibe coming out of this weekend.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And there's the... The kickoffs, too, having the early kickoff, no midday kickoff, followed by the late kickoff, um, is also jarring as well. It's like I feel like I then have to be productive in between those (laughs) two kickoffs. Maybe I have to leave the house, run some errands.
0: Yeah, you can't just sit around for five hours. You know, you you got to do something. It was just – I would – I think it was kind of a – yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I it was sort of I I, I I, was trying to, you know, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago on the podcast, I've been trying to be more positive. And so I, I don't want to look at this through like a negative lens, but um, I'm not like overly negative anyway. But yeah, I feel like if I were to do it again, I would just split it if I were, you know, I don't know if anybody who's listening to this podcast has any involvement with, uh, you know, the, the sort of the. Architecture of the fantasy game itself, but I would just split it into two game weeks. You know, I would just have two abbreviated game weeks with five teams in both, kind of like you get with some of these later mm-hmm. FA Cup weekends, and force people into you know, do I play a free hit here? Do I only field seven players or whatever? I mean, if you had yeah. five in both weekends, or even even four, really, that'd be eight teams. That'd be enough. Um, it would force a lot, like, a lot of interesting decisions. But I think as it is. It sort of feels like about four or five weeks ago, we set our teams for game week 26, and we haven't been able to make any decisions or really do anything uh, since then. And it's kind of taken a little bit of um, of the fun of doing fantasy. You know, it's sort of like, it feels like you could just sort of check out for three weeks, which I guess is fine if that's, you know. Um right. You know, I guess if you're not creating a weekly podcast, uh, maybe that's fine. Uh, but I think for me, I'm like, OK, let's I'm, I'm excited to talk about a new game week in this. Baseball. Right. And I think
1: that's what the fun of having so many game weeks, 38 of them, is the active rhythm of it and mm-hmm. the, the cycle of decision making and transfers and and. All of that. And yeah, I do get that sense that we've been robbed a little bit of that active momentum during the winter break. But your suggestion of doing 39 game weeks, splitting the winter break into two game weeks, I'm just I fear for all of those um, OCD managers out there. You know, do you ever watch Monk? The, uh-huh. the the OCD detective. I've actually never seen it, but I
0: I know it. Yeah. yeah. You're
1: aware of the premise anyway. Sure. But the, the those managers out there that just couldn't reconcile in their brain of like, there are 38 match weeks, but somehow there are 39 FPL weeks? This won't do.
0: Yeah. Than, I think that's true. But I mean, I feel like before I started doing fantasy, I, I wasn't thinking – in a match week lens, you know, I wasn't like in my head like, oh, I can't wait till match week 28 when Arsenal play Newcastle or whatever. I was just like, oh, I can't wait till that match in late March or whatever. You know, I feel like knowing exactly what match week we're in at, at all times is really something that only fantasy managers. I mean, maybe like, you know, I, even like if a, if a team's like about to win the league or something, I, I feel like you're not like, oh, match week 38 could be when our match, week, you know, 35 or whatever could be what it happens. You're just like the late April, you know, Manchester Derby is when this match could, or when the league could get clinched or whatever. It's not like- You'll uh, know
1: it by where the uh, sun, where where the sun is in the sky. You'll know (laughs) where we are in the season. That sort of thing. I use
0: my sundial, yeah. Speaking of where
1: we are in the season, you and I were talking about this right before we hit record about how it does feel like we're in this transitional, I mean, one of the many transitional points in a Mm -hmm. season. And right now it feels like we're just- creeping up on potential blanks and knowing when big double game weeks are going to be. Mm-hmm. And still there are players that aren't, I you mean, know, we'll talk about Arsenal and maybe some Spurs midfielders there are, that are suddenly emerging, but we're still not 100% sure who the ascendant players are for the home stretch. So I think that's our mission for this episode of always cheating is to talk about who's worth a transfer particularly as we're heading into game week 27
0: beyond. Exactly. Who's worth a precious transfer, right? There's only 12 free transfers left on the season for all managers. Uh, More like 11. If you're going to play a wild card in one of those game weeks. So uh, not a lot of transfer decisions to make at least for, for free, you know, without costing you a points hit. And so um, that's, that's the theme is just, you know, who's, who's actually worth it. Who's worth spending a transfer on. And, um, I think the you know, the later the season goes on, the more conservative I get in some ways. Even if I'm chasing, I sort of I, it's like I, I it's like I'm you know the first 10, 15 weeks you've got, you've got promoted teams, you've got um, uh, squads that are just sort of emerging. You know, a, D- a Danny Ing's type, right? As sort of you're like we all we all kind of thought we knew the score with him, right? And then. Um, mm-hmm. and he just sort of went off, uh, and then late fall and, uh, sort of emerges as a key fantasy asset. But by the time you get to the late, like game makes 20, you know, 25, close to 30. I feel like I know the score. You know, I sort, of, I sort of know who I want. Um, and so it, yeah. weirdly, it actually almost makes a transfer trickier because you're like, well, I know that Jack Grealish is worth holding because I've had him for this long and he's delivered for me pretty consistently. Um, and so it's, it's almost harder to say goodbye to, to some of the key players in your team. Um, so I thought, yeah, we could just talk a little bit about um, – Players that might be worth actually spending a precious transfer on it. So that's the theme of this week's podcast. But first, Brandon, even though we have two matches left, uh, there's one tomorrow. Uh, you and I are going to the Black Horse for that. Would that be fun? Yeah. Uh, yes. Manchester United, Chelsea, or I should say Chelsea, Manchester United, because uh, of the host club, and uh, and then the rescheduled Man City match uh, with West Ham on Wednesday, which um, it was already going to be kind of an unusual match, uh, just because neither team has played and. Whatever it is, you know, seven or eight months. And, um, and, but now with Man City possibly out for the next two years for the Champions League, it really makes you wonder what that does to the squad. I mean, do they, do they come out angry, you know, or do they, um, just pet put all the, all the, you know, does he sort of give up on the Premier League entirely, you know, put everything into winning Champions League this yeah. year? Um, it's sort of just – it's its really hard to predict, I think. It's, I don't think we're even going to try to predict, really. Um, but it will be really interesting to see how that plays <laughs> out over the next uh, couple of game weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree. I definitely err on the side of – I think one of the issues with Man City this season is that they haven't been emotional enough or angry enough uh, responding to challenges that they see presented by Liverpool If anything, I think they just get their brief from Pep. They're told Mm -hmm. what to do, and they try to do it. So I think it's just going to come down to how Pep wants to play this out. Is he going to throw all his uh, eggs in the Champions League basket? I mean, this would probably be the narrative anyway, even if this potential two-year ban wasn't in the cards because the league is already out of their grasp. Champions League was always going to be City's focus late in the season. Mm -hmm. But now I think it's just like you know, multiplied by a hundred. What do we know? Like how certain are we that their appeal will succeed or fail?
0: Well, I I feel pretty certain that it won't go into effect next season um, because they have to go in front of the court of arbitration for sport. And I think that I read something like the, that case, you know, cases that go before the court of arbitration for Sport, uh, the CAS are they typically take like, like more than six months to legislate. I mean, it's not like you just get to like move to the front of the line. Right. So, um, so, I think that it probably wouldn't impact this upcoming season as long as that course case you know court case goes through as as planned so um I think that we're really be we'd be looking at you know two seasons from now um where they would actually serve that ban if it went through. I still kind of feel like it's going to get tested It's somehow they're going to throw it out and they're never going to miss it, You know, one, one single champions league match. Um, but, right. uh, but we'll see. I, I think, I think, you know, a year from now, we could still be talking about what's going to happen with this case.
1: Speaking of dragging things out, let's check in on our game week. 26 <sighs> sure. scores. Yeah. Um, when last we spoke, I had four points. Uh, that was after three matches. Now this week I have 44 points. Isn't that hey, funny? That's funny. Um, that's pretty, sort of. pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my, my defense is came through a little bit with Trent and Sayunju with uh, both with cheeky bonus points. So mm-hmm. seven apiece from them. Well, cells, I decided to start him over Lundstrom. Uh, the temptation as you and I were discussing was, you know, I'll take a starting captain on Newcastle. You, I, you really have no idea ever what to expect. A, what, what Arsenal team is going to show up right now, nor do you know what Newcastle team is going to show up right now. So I felt it was worth a gamble to play Lascelles over Lundstrom, just given that we knew Lundstrom was going to start from the bench. That's blown up in my face, but what can you do? Jack Grealish, uh, just a, a total master of, uh, of of Villa's fortunes in that God. Spurs match.
0: I mean, How he tried Douglas, yet again to carry yeah. that team. How Douglas Louise didn't finish that chance um, in the first half, the one that he, uh, he squared a ball to him, and he, was just a little too yeah, slow. He knocked it, it off tough. of Ben
1: Davis, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah right, yep. right. Yep. But Grealish, again, looked amazing, and six points from him, and he continues to tick along. I totally agree with you. Grealish is, is, is proving a season keeper. I think the big um, – The big emotional moment for me thus far in game week 26 was Mane. So I've held on to Mane just because I couldn't convince myself who I would bring in for Mane. It was more Mm -hmm. I wanted to do a double move. So I ended up keeping Mane, disappointed that he didn't start against Norwich, but that he came on and scored. Brilliant, gets the yellow card. You end up with five points and it's kind of a (laughs) muted celebration with Mane. I don't want to be sour grapes because he did he does get the one and only goal from that match. But um now I really have to decide what I'm gonna do with Mane going forward because I'm pretty committed to keeping Salah and the double Liverpool
0: defense is just – it's its calling to me. It's so appealing. Totally. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit in, in a second here too. Um, yeah, I mean, interestingly, the players who did well for both of us are the same. I mean, the big difference is um, I had Firmino instead of Mane. So a three-point difference there. And I had uh, Stevens instead of uh, Sidibe. So my uh, John Lundstrom to <laughs> Jack Stevens move did not uh, – did not go as planned and uh yes I, I mean just just so frustrating I mean the thing is I honestly don't think I would have started Lundstrom even if I had him you and I talking about this at the start of the podcast and I think I would have I would have taken Lascelles, um playing almost a guaranteed 90 minutes at Arsenal over 15 minutes from uh from John lundstrom he just happened to score in his in his window of time in that match so you know whatever we've all made transfers that that came back to hurt us a little bit It only cost me six points I'm not oh I would I can say move on from
1: that Did you not watch Jack Stevens during that Burnley match, though, and think, this guy is trying out for Sheffield United before our (laughs) eyes? He was the most marauding center back I'd ever seen. He was involved in everything going forward. So I would be encouraged by that.
0: I was encouraged. Yeah, he hit the crossbar. He um, had this incredible, like... uh, like he dribbled through like the entire team, uh, and then the ball almost yeah. felt kindly to him too. They actually had to concede a corner because he he was kind of bearing down in it. So, yeah, I feel I feel mm-hmm. pretty good about about that transfer. I mean, I'm a little worried about Southampton and whether they're any good, um, you know. And so, uh, sort of the, yeah. these moments happen sometimes where you look at your fantasy team and you're just a little too loaded up with players from teams that aren't that good. Um, you know, where you're yeah. like, wait, why, how do I, you know, it's you know, like I'm starting 11 players and five of them are on teams in the bottom, you know, quarter of the Premier League. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm not, I mean, it's, I guess, I guess Southampton are doing a little bit better. They had a nice little run, but they're still, you know, mid table squad and I'm I'm doubled up on them. And, you know, Ings, I mean, he scored, which is great. Um, I didn't think he was hugely involved in the match, actually. I thought the, the goal he scored was just a great um, yeah. just a sign of his incredible form this season, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ings is, I wouldn't say he's quite on the chopping block. From, I mean, their fixtures are just too good for him to be dropped, I guess, is is where I am. But I don't feel awesome about him right now. Um, even, coming, even with that goal he scored, I feel like it's maybe, he may have to get sacrificed at some point. I don't know for who uh, Jimenez, I guess
1: Jimenez. I think even though he blanked this week, he still looked great. And like the yeah. Wolves' ability to find Jimenez in the boxes is incredible. And I totally. yeah, I, I hear you on Ings. The uh, injury to Redmond is a little worrying too, because I think what uh, what was really coalescing at Southampton was Armstrong and Redmond and Ings all kind of like coming into form right at the same time, and then having support yeah. from. Uh, James Ward Prowse and the fullbacks, and it was just kind of working. I think you put a little fatigue on that, and then pull out one of the linchpin players. Maybe it's Redmond. Then, yeah, maybe they're going to be less potent going forward.
0: A lot of admiration for Shane Long, by the way. I just love the way he like just puts his head down. You know, like he does. He, like I feel like there's like a couple times a match where you just see him just like put his head down. And he's just going to run as hard as he possibly can. You know, try to chase down some ball, and it's. His work rate is is incredible. Uh, you know, I, just, I mean, at yeah. least as far as I can tell, just from watching him on TV, it just seems like he's, yeah, just flying all over the pitch. You know, I don't love him as a fantasy player, but he's a, uh, you know, really fun player to watch. All right, so a few more matches to go. So there's really not
1: much sense in us checking in on the always cheating Super League, but we'll update uh, you with the top ten at the end of the game week on our social channels. A quick reminder to everyone, and we're gonna keep harping on this until we actually get to London. But Josh and I are going to be in England starting March 5th. And we've organized a listener meetup, just an FPL meetup, let's call it. And we're going to be at the Coin Laundry, which is in London on Friday, March 6th starting at 7 p.m. So if you're in London, if you're passing through, if you can make it from the surrounding areas, we'd love to meet you. There'll be lots of great FPL managers hanging out there, just chatting casually. So stop by and have a beer with us and say hello. Again, that's Coin Laundry. The address is 70 Eggsmith Market. It's uh, not too far from King's Cross Station in central London. Friday, March 6th, starting at 7 p.m. We'll hope to see you there.
0: Yep, and uh, I noted this uh, when we came to the UK eighteen months ago or so. But uh, just a reminder: if you uh, you don't have to be anyone who we've ever interacted with, talked to, you don't have to be a patron. Uh, some of the people that we most enjoyed talking to at our last meetup uh, we were in the UK was uh, were people who we had never ever met or even talked to in any way before. Um, and uh, there was, you know, just it was just a good it was just a good group in general. And so um, I know a lot of people when they got there, they're like, "Oh, I can't believe I'm actually going to this." you know, (laughs) fantasy podcast (laughs) meetup, but it was all kind of people who you'd want to hang out with, you know, it was, it was just, it was a good crowd. And so um, I think it will be again this time. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely. So you mentioned Patreons there. So let's take a quick moment, moment before we break and get into the heart of this podcast to thank our new Patreon supporters at the Volkswagen tier. Thanks to Miguel Maya at the Lord Sorloff tier. Thanks to Thomas Jack and Xavier Snowman. Snowman. Outstanding, Xavier. And at the Pookie patron level, our, our new supporter is Lucas. If you want to support the cheaters, Josh and I, and what we do on the Always Cheating Podcast every week, pay a visit to patreon.com slash alwayscheating where you can find out uh, what you get in return, like uh, an extra podcast every week, access to our Slack, extra leagues, swag, all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, nice to get a new Volkswagen patron this week, Brandon, which is – the Volkswagen patron tier is the sneaky best way to get an always cheating t-shirt. So that's just a a word of the the wise there. So uh, all right, Brandon, let's take a break. We'll get back and we'll talk about who is actually worth a transfer. All right, Brandon, we're back. Who – do you want to waste a precious transfer on Brandon? Here we go. Um, and so there's a few, uh, kind of a few different ways we're going to attack this question. Uh, but I'm going to start things yeah. off with a, with a question that I think ultimately ties in with it because it's about, you know, what are you going to, what are you looking forward to? Uh, so Chancer says, uh, and by the way, I feel like he makes on into like every podcast, but he asks the best questions, Brandon. If you ask great he's questions, smart, you're going to get them he's like a smart every, guy. Yeah, if you're gonna if you ask a question, you're gonna get on every every episode of the pod. Uh, it says there has been a prolonged social theme of boring due to this extended game week. Flipping it around, what is interesting to both of you in the fantasy world right now? So, Brandon, what is what is piquing your interest? Maybe someone who you don't have right now, <laughs> or a team, or I don't know. Um, maybe there's something else. What's what's piquing your interest in the in the FPL world right now?
1: Yeah, I like this idea of um, the theme kind of being boring. And the the way I'm thinking of it, I mentioned it near the top of the pod about how it feels like we're in this transitional point of the season. Like I'm imagining the medieval encampment of warriors the night before the battle. And we're all in our tents and huddled around our fires and sort of emotionally preparing ourselves. And I do feel like while we've been in this extended break, it's like we're almost like, In this moment of rest, we're preparing ourselves for this onslaught of the home stretch that will be so important to how we end our season. So that's a way to really make it seem electric and exciting and important. Um, But what precisely is uh, piquing my interest? I think I know which team you're going to want to talk about. So I will just move... My sights a little farther down the fixture ticker to Leicester. And I do think that a lot of our interest has really waned on Leicester. They've had a lot of tough fixtures and they have an even tougher one against Manchester City coming up in game week 27. But after that, we're looking at game weeks 28 through 31 and it's Norwich, home Villa, away Watford, home Brighton. And if Leicester are going to get it back in gear and solidify their place in the top four, that's when it's going to happen so if I'm keep I keep pushing my wild card option back and back and back. I'm like, well, I'll play it next week. But now I'm kind of feeling like if I play my wild card now, the temptation would be too great to dump my Lester assets. And I'm getting kind of excited at the prospect of holding on to Slayinshu and Jamie Vardy for these fixtures. So I just want to flag uh, that. So you're so just just,
0: a, a, just to make things clear here, your answer. To what's making you excited about the fantasy season right now is not burning transfers on Lester players. That is not where I thought you were going to go with that one. I like mm. it. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's boring but honest. You know, I, like, <laughs> I, I respect that.
1: Yeah. Well, what I don't know. What do you think? Give me your
0: answer, and maybe I can modify. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I actually, have, even, have, I try
1: to be the practical one.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not usually the positive one on here. Uh, I, I make, I mean, what has me excited is is returning to to regular matches. Uh, that'll take. I mean, there's actually a bunch of Fridays coming up too, but uh, just just having matches on the weekend again. Like we got through it, we got through the break, and and by the way, you know, for the record, I am fully in favor of a break break for these players. I mean, it's you know, it goes without saying. I mean, of course, yes. You know, this is like it's like when I get you know mad about college sports or whatever. It's like. If I thought the players could hear what I was saying, then I would be more careful, you know, like I would, I would, I would feel, I would feel bad, but because it's just you and me talking, you know, (laughs) and the Premier League players, the Uh college basketball players, no one, no one's going to hear us, you know, so it's it's fine like i can complain you know it was, it was annoying it was two half game weeks uh spread out over two weeks um but i you know i'm glad they got a break i mean i hope it leads to you know better better football in the in the coming weeks um so yeah returning regular matches has me excited i mean if i was talking more specifically about fantasy assets um i think that the the north london teams both emerging with what looks like might be some actual reliable fantasy assets. I mean, it is crazy. We've talked about Spurs a fair amount just because of all the sun drama, uh, you know, two feels like you can even go back to last season, right? I mean, he's had two red cards in the last, you know, 12 months Two kind of shot, actually three, uh, because, you know, one of them was, was rescinded in the fall. Um, and you know, but, but Arsenal, I feel like we, I mean, of all the years we've done this podcast, this is our our fifth year now doing it. Right. I believe fifth. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, it feels like uh, we have never talked about Arsenal less than we have this season. we Barely yeah. talked about them. Maybe a little bit about Aubameyang on and off. But even then, it's kind of like, "Wow, well, he's the you know the third or fourth fan you know like expensive fantasy asset that I would want on my forward line." You know, it was like even when we talked about him, it was like he's not quite enough uh, for me to have in my tea. But now I think you can talk about the Arsenal defense as a. As a possible option, uh, remarkably. Um, Sun has achieved a little bit of consistency. Uh, J- uh, Jamo says, you know, if Sun scores highly when Spurs play bad, uh, Maginot highly can score when they play well, uh, and therefore should he be considered a core part of the template midfield along with KDB Grealish and Salah slash Mane. I mean, you know, Sun Son doing better and being more consistent, I think, is is really makes him viable. I mean, I think um, the Spurs' defense is – uh, that's a big no thank you for me, uh, especially having gone through, this Serge mm-hmm. through the surgery or experience through the ringer of surgery or the Aurea. word, <laughs> Aurea, the word calamitous
1: it? comes to mind. Yes, <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. yeah. Then I dropped, yeah, um, exa- yeah, exactly. It's like it's hard to get the Spurs defense right, uh, and so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna yeah. stay away. I think uh, Wolves, um, I'm sort of excited about having Wolves players in my team again. Um, I have never ever and all the time I've done fantasy had Troy in my team and uh, he may come in as early as game week 27 for me uh, if not I will yeah. I will almost certainly have him at some point um, certainly in game week 31 um, and so that's kind of fun I think I might I'm going to try to bring in Jimenez at some point as well so there's a lot of um, I, I guess that's part of it is like I just feel like there are players who have like a little bit of a track record of consistency i mean i, I was at Troyer. actually he doesn't fall to that category jimenez and son and um mesut Ozil scored today uh obamiang uh, i think obamiang at this point we kind of know how reliable he is right i mean we saw it uh, basically he's, he's, he has never he's been he's really very rarely had it at any kind of shallow period in any of his time at arsenal Right, and he's remarkably consistent. For basically, from the time he joined in yeah. January of of twenty eighteen. So, um, yeah, I guess the North London clubs both doing a little bit better have me kind of excited. Um, to specifically answer Jamel's question though, Sun is like, do you believe it's possible? It's actually possible to. I mean, of course, it's not actually possible, but like, I still feel like I I can have I have bad luck with certain players. Like like Callum Wilson uh-huh. is a player who I just never seem to have at the right time. And I feel like Son is that player as well. Where I seem like I always get him when he inexplicably like stomps on somebody's <laughs> fingers or something like that, you know. And you're like, how did I miss the eight goals that he scored in the last four game weeks? And now I only have him for this <laughs> right. finger stomping, you know, red card uh, when I captain him. Um, and so, yeah, who actually just as a quick aside, who do you have a bad luck player like a player who you feel like you just never have him at the right time? Um, I'm thinking of
1: um miguel britos this is a wild one but a <laughs> yeah. watford defender you yeah know, like i've twice brought him in over the years and i think um both times he's either gotten a red card or done something yeah. particularly awful the
0: watford defense in general is a good answer though yeah
1: yes and i i think a lot of people out there who have brought in the likes of like kiko ferminez or uh Daryl not have had the same experience. It's just, yeah. it's never fun. It's never fun. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I am pretty high on sun right now. And I think, so JMO suggesting that even when Spurs play bad, uh, son is, is doing the things that he's doing. Some of the commentary I was reading too. I mean, I, I watched most of the Spurs Villa game. Most people were saying that Sun himself was playing bad. It wasn't just the team around him was playing bad. And, I agree with J-Mo in that you can't read too much into Sun, how he performs in a particular match, particularly one where he scores a brace, uh, because he we know him from not just one match. We know Sun from seasons of wonderful attacking play and FPL points production. So yeah. I think if anyone is going to lead the charge for Spurs on our fantasy teams, it will be Son. I mean, Dele Alli looked really good, Against villa as well, he just missed a number of big chances, and that was unfortunate for any Delhi yeah. owners. but I still think there is a case to be made where if you have Delhi maybe stick it out with him because I think in the games where Spurs maybe steamroll that Delhi and Sun could to a degree share the points
0: yeah I mean I think that you know the the first the comments about Sun I think were in some ways a reflection of the style that I mean it seems it just seems to me like Spurs were pretty happy to play on the counterattack in today's match and so you know when you're when you're going to accept that you're going not going to win the possession battle and that you're going to, I mean and honestly you probably probably the right way to play Villa right I mean that, that team is not like a not a team you really trust to to perform effectively on the counterattack right I mean that penalty they conceded was was you know off a uh, off a counter I, i'm not even sure i thought that was a penalty but you know whatever let's not it was tight.
1: Not it was a that. truly yeah. truly bizarre game for central defenders so toby alderwild he scores the own goal howler and then he scores the game tying goal then uh, bjorn engels go uh takes uh uh who are i was it um Bergwijn down for the penalty and mm-hmm. then he ends up scoring the tying goal uh again and yeah. then he is responsible for Suns' breakaway to finish off festival at the end it's like it was a game of just catastrophe all around uh, <laughs> yeah. that resulted in a pretty exciting yeah. match i would not complain it was a lot of fun to watch
0: it was a lot of fun to watch it was uh a lot of the uh, pretty much all the matches this weekend were pretty sloppy but this was at least sloppy this is chaotic good this particular match and uh I feel like, what is the opposite of chaotic good? I can't remember how that like scale works, but whatever that was, that was the Leicester-Wolves uh, match on Friday night, right? That was like just, that was crazy, right? Until that red card, yeah. you were like, so it was a 75-minute snoozer, you know? It was a, such, yeah. a, such a dry match. Um, so can I pour a little yeah. water before we move on from Spurs?
1: Pour a little water on this J-Mo, J-Mo's excitement. So is Sun, should he actually be part of the template? Now let's consider what, Spurs fixtures look like in the uh, coming up. So they have Chelsea in game week 27, followed by Wolves, who Wolves will be back on their European journey, uh, so to speak. Then Spurs have Burnley, Manchester United and West Ham after that. I feel like those fixtures are kind of good, but not they're not blowing me away. So a lot of it is going to come down to whether Mourinho can get Spurs playing at a more consistent level.
0: Yeah, I would say I don't see him as a like a must own player or anything like that. Um, I think it's like he's a good chasing player. You know, if you're if you're if you're 50 points back and you're just like I, you know, there's actually a question here. I think I put it way at the bottom, but I'll I'll move it back up um, or I'll move it up here. Um, promotion. Yeah, promotion for the lighting round. Congratulations to Rachel. Uh, it says, how can I make my FPL season more fun in order to convince myself to keep playing this year? I think if you're really in the position where you're like, I just don't want to enjoy fantasy anymore. I'm just like, I'm not really enjoying fantasy. And you're really that close to checking out. I think the answer is to bring in players like Sun and just start captaining them. You know, just like, just ignore all of the... Other viable can you know just or whoever you know picking bringing on Aubameyang and start captaining him like just it's it's not just the kooky transfers it's the kooky captaining too that will really get you excited again because um you know captain somebody you plays in the last match of the week you know <laughs> if you wait to if if you've captained somebody for that Monday night or whatever you know I don't know like it just feel you know Captain Trent you know they play Monday night in game week twenty seven you know like. All weekend you're like, well, I'm, no one else going to captain this guy, and it's the last match, and so all weekend you sort of have something to look forward to. Um, I think you know little things like that. What was my point? I, I don't know. That's sun, right? So sun, <laughs> right. So, so for so someone like me, like I'm like 110k overall. Um, I'm you know um, I don't know like 25 points back in the in our personal mini league, which is the one that I'm uh, I, I'm most interested in. I don't see a lot of. Appeal in having Sun. I, I don't know that I totally buy him as a super consistent option. Um, Champions League starts up here soon. Uh, there could be some rotation with him. He's traditionally been rotated, um, especially when you when the Champions League is a factor. So you know, I, I don't know, and he's pretty expensive as well. Uh, so I think you know, I mean, it's only ten million. Um, but like, if you had Mane and Salah, I don't really. I would just keep both of them. You know, I don't see him as like a player who can sort of match their production. Um, And certainly not De Bruyne. I I guess I'm kind of with you. I I don't know that I see him as like a super essential player, but maybe he's somebody if you just are looking to just be different um, as someone worth, you know, considering.
1: All right, let's move to the other North London club, Arsenal. And I think we could play a game with Arsenal, Josh, where it's pick a player and say, do they qualify as a fun pick or a knee jerk pick? Here's this question from Xavier who asks, Arsenal looked like a new team in that second half against Newcastle. With fifth place all to play for and a fairly nice run of fixtures ahead, blank aside, are any of their players in your sights? So fun differential or knee-jerk, Josh? Uh, Nicolas Pepe. Uh,
0: knee-jerk, for sure. He's too expensive okay. to be a fun differential. is hey, his Ozil, by the way. Oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead here. Sorry, you, go, you, you name the next player. <laughs>
1: Okay, actually, I was going to stop. I was going to stop at Pepe, but let's go on. Um, uh, Mesut Ozil.
0: Right. Mesut Ozil, uh, a little too too punty. I think it is a real crime that he is not 5.5 million. If he was 5.5 million, he would be such a fun player to have. But at 7.2 million, I mean, he's what, like half million more than Jack Grealish? I mean, you just can't. You can't have him. Um, Saka. No opinion I mean he's 4.5 million (laughs) He started Well Three of the last four Mm, At 4.5 million Maybe I don't know But the problem is like Are you going to Run a transfer on him Or is he like a Fifth bench player On a wild card You know He's not like a player You'd want to like Start every week, I'm thinking
1: Uh, Lacazette No Moving on That's just a hard no Uh, Bird Leno
0: 5 million Too expensive uh, last one. I can do this all day, Brandon. Keep, keep, keep going. <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> I've got one more for you, Cedric Suarez.
0: Cedric, isn't he injured right now? Is he? Is he? Did he play? <laughs> He's out, right? Yeah, a, he bit didn't of, play today. Bit of, a, okay. bit of
1: a joke. Bit of a joke. Shout <laughs> there. Yeah, bit of a joke. What well, about? I wanted to actually speaking okay. of weird um, uh, low knees. Uh, that resulted in the january window we have not talked at all on this podcast about uh, kyle walker peters who moved to southampton 4.4 mm-hmm. 4, and he's now starting on the right right wing yeah. I mean, this is he kind of a total tangent from our, our school discussion
0: he just didn't do anything though you know I, yeah. it wouldn't it would be nice if he like looked dangerous I, I did you i mean did you were you impressed by him at all in yesterday's match i feel like no, he was kind no, of anonymous I,
1: yeah, I, I, I think I could see him having one or two games where he does something near the end of the season. But as we mentioned, Jack Stevens is just, he's the same price and he was oozing class, Joshua, oozing it.
0: So what's um, interesting, Brandon, is, you know, unfortunately Arsenal, are, their pricing is, the, you know, their defenders would be, it'd be fun to, to take a chance on one of their defenders. But um, it was certainly playing, you know, significantly better since, uh, Um, Since the managerial change But you know And someone like uh, Hector Baron Would be really fun He's got Two clean sheets He's played three matches In a row He's finally back in healthy Uh, Scored a goal Two clean sheets um, bonus point, two bonus points in last week's match. Uh, but 5.4 million. It just feels like I don't have enough faith in this defense. He had to spend 5.4 million on one of their defenders. You know, Louise is still right. has that Chelsea price, and so he's 5.7 million. Um, and they actually only played three recognized like three game three players of the game classifies as a defender uh, in game week 26. Since so you had Louise Mustafi and and Bayern, and then um, it was actually Saka who played as a left back. Uh, who you were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, uh, but classified as a midfielder in the game, so um, and pretty attacking. That was how he was utilized by by Emery. So it's interesting that he played as a left back, very Pep style. I like that. I like the uh, creativity there. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, I you know, you don't typically want to take a transfer on a player playing out of position one spot back. You know, mm-hmm. that's not usually the the way you want to do it. So. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there anybody that – I I guess I feel like I've done a lot of the Arsenal talking here. Is there anybody in this team that you're interested in outside of you know possibly Aubameyang?
1: It is only Aubameyang. And I think there's a lot of concern out there about still where Aubameyang plays on the pitch. And I'm just not buying it. On the season, he has 15 goals, which is sensational. I do think you get what you pay for at Mm -hmm. 10.8. And I'm sorry that it is that expensive, but – I think it's it's worth it if you can squeeze him in. And considering the fixtures coming up for Arsenal, I think I think he's the best pick. And while Arsenal just had an amazing second half against Newcastle, I still feel like Arsenal is that team where you never quite know who's gonna show up. And Pepe feels pretty feels Feels pretty cool you wanna um build off of that second half performance, but there are no guarantees that it's gonna happen. I think with Obamayang, he's the only player that even comes close to having that level of guarantee. And I think he is like a bona fide pick for somebody who's chasing in their mini league or chasing overall rank because those fifteen goals show you he has the potential to Take you above an Agüero owner. Take you above someone who's just still relying on Vardy right now.
0: Yeah, very, very sun ish. Yeah, I think um, the way I'm thinking about Obama Yang, I was sort of thinking with this as you were as you were talking, is that he's so. Um, I was listening, but I was also I was also thinking while you were talking. I appreciate that, Jeff. Yeah, you're hey, welcome. No problem. Um, I was thinking that uh, he is a perfect. Because they're going to have at least one, they, at least one, if not two, double game weeks to come in the in the coming weeks, and so, you know, starting I don't even know I think game week twenty nine is the earliest we'd see a double from them probably later, but Vardy to Aubameyang is a like very easy, almost like for like price move yeah. that you could make down the line, and so I think that's um, that's probably a move i and many others wound up making but uh with this game week 28 blank i think it's just you sort of have to watch and, and wait um we'll actually be at the west ham match in game week 29 so maybe maybe i make that move then brandon captain him maybe mm-hmm. yeah i just let that triple captain i love it burn that there yeah I absolutely,
1: I absolutely love it we we have never had that sensation of watching a captain score live in action so that does sound pretty cool
0: it does sound fun, yeah. Um, I know, and just looking at that that game week too, I, I think Liverpool play Bournemouth at home. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard not to count in a player in that one, Brandon. But yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Now yeah, we'll see. All right, Brandon, let's move through a couple of questions, maybe a little more quickly from here on out. Ben Lomber says, "Who is actually emerging as a mid range midfielder, i.e." Our Charlison, Alley, Bergwin, Pepe, actual options, anyone else that grabs the slot. So let's just run through these four that he named real quick. And uh we've already talked a little bit about Alley, talked a little bit about Pepe. Uh Pepe's just too expensive. Bergwin, though, we didn't really talk about in the Spurs section. Are you is Bergwin turning your head at all? I mean, he's he's got the legs, doesn't he? I mean, uh that really great run to turn <laughs> yeah. that penalty.
1: Yeah. In um great uh dinosaur moneyball speak, Bergvine has a good he's got a good body. He's got a good football body. He's got the
0: Bergvine the said
1: I think the commentators would say Bergvine, but you know, it depends on where you where you are on the planet, Josh.
0: Okay. This, okay
1: it's always always cheating is a pronunciation um free zone. So <laughs> do whatever you want fair enough um i like I'd like him, but it becomes one of those arguments of if you're gonna if you're gonna go in for Spurs or if you're going to, gonna go in for any team like that, why not just pay for the better player and I think both Sun and Delhi will prove to be better assets through the rest of the season, so while Bergvine seems like a good player and he he may have his moments he's already had a few good fantasy moments. I just don't think he's the one you want. Yeah. And he's too expensive. With that in mind, he's too expensive for a coverage pick.
0: Yeah, it's like just find the money for Sun, right? Uh, if you if are yeah. if you're gonna look if you're gonna look that way. I agree. Uh Richarlison, uh big no for me, just because um the fixtures are about to get a lot worse. I don't really trust him either. No. Another player, it's actually I think he's almost exactly the same price as Bergvine. Um just a little too a little too expensive to be a fun player to spend a transfer on. I mean, the, the player who's not listed here, who I am still the most excited about, I mean, Brandon the, we talked about the red card in Friday's match, and that was definitely a factor in that match being a little bit of a snooze. But it was incredible how much more interesting that match was once uh, Traore got added to it, right? Like yeah, that guy yeah. is – he is in just I, – I hope it lasts because him in this form right now, it, it's like every – he has the ball all the time, you know, and he's just going yeah. – he's just taking everybody on and it is super – I mean, honestly, him taking a player on right now is one of – like it's up there with like how well the Liverpool forward line mesh at their best or whatever in terms of like just like the most fun things to watch right now in a Premier League match. It's just mm-hmm. him just going <laughs> after people and it, it doesn't always lead to anything. I mean, of course it doesn't. It you know, never does, but it's kind of yeah. – it's like a little like – uh, not, I mean, Eden Hazard is a very different player than him, but it has that quality of just like, once he has the ball, you don't really know what's going to happen afterwards. And that's just, it's just super fun.
1: Well, where I see the Hazard comparison is it, it, the one of the differences I think for Troyora this season, he's started playing better, but it has, it now manifests itself in this confidence that you can, you can always see the confidence just like literally glowing off of him. Yeah. Now when he gets the balls, like a, it's like a star point guard getting the ball at the top of the key. Totally. Would, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. want, they want to isolate the defender and drive to the basket. Let's see what happens. And I'm, I'm with you. I mean, forget these 8 million pound players. I think Triore is going to be as fun and productive as any of them. So yeah, let's, let's go.
0: Let's, let's, let's get it. Come on. Uh, Fair thought right.
1: for uh, Chowdhury, who I, I, I mm. cannot, I can't, I just have to get this off of my chest, but Chowdhury, just joke player, please go away.
0: <laughs> I, I think I wrote on Twitter that he's going to be a good player in like five years. It's like, he just, he's got, he's just got to play under control right now. And right now he's like a hockey enforcer, you know, he just uh-huh. goes out there and racks up yellows and, and he, I mean, you know, he really hurt my season too, because that, that I had, you know uh Salah
1: for injured Mosala yeah,
0: yeah injured Mosala and it was this like you know pointless stupid late injury in that match which lingered on and off for weeks and like two months to to come afterwards you know so mm-hmm. um yeah kind of with you there I, and I don't have any particular animus towards him but uh, I just think he's too he's too out of control to to be on a Premier League pitch right now um, all right. Uh, I am also. We says are we concerned that the Man City news could cause mentality and focus issues for any F, uh, FPL assets? Um, you know, we talked about players. We're excited about making a transfer for. Neither of us have mentioned any Spurs players so far. Um, does this news change your, you know, thinking on them at all?
1: No, it's much like what we were discussing at the top of the podcast. I think that it's not going to change City's mentality or focus at all. I I don't think that they have really had the highest level of mentality or focus to begin with. So what's to lose. Hmm. And in terms of what they're zeroing in on league or champions league, I don't think this changes anything either. They were always no. going to be going, going for the UEFA trophy anyhow. So, you know, I, I don't think it changes anything.
0: Yeah. If I was leaning towards Man city assets, maybe it, it stops that a little bit or halts it, you know, because I just don't know what we're getting with them. I'm not sure I did before, but now I feel like I really don't know. Um, mm-hmm. and so yeah. you know, I think Wednesday will maybe be a test and really interesting stretch, right? I mean, now the way things have worked out, uh they play Wednesday at home, uh, after not even played for two and a half weeks or whatever. Uh, and then they play away just you know, Saturday afternoon, uh, away to Leicester. Really tricky match, um, even with Leicester's form not being as good as it was before. Uh Leicester certainly gave them a a tough match um in the home fixture. Uh and then just a few days after that, they play um you know they play Madrid um, on the road, and uh, you know in Madrid. So I think it's going to be really tricky playing those three matches, and in uh, I guess what amounts to eight days. And I think we'll know a lot more after that, right? If they just you know if they come out and they every match is a win, you know, or every match they look super good and competitive, you're like, okay, like they're taking this. You know, they're taking this personally, you know, and they're going to mm-hmm. kind of be out for revenge the rest of the season. And that could be very good from a fantasy perspective. But if it's, you know, if they win, if they beat West Ham 2-0 and uh, the Leicester match is a 1-1 draw and they lose 2-0 away to Real Madrid, you're like, okay, this is just like, this might be a stay away. Like maybe have some players for the doubles and just stay away from them otherwise.
1: Yeah, then Inter Milan can just sign all of them, and it will be hilarious. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. next question comes from Shiv. How many Newcastle players is too many for their upcoming Sea of Green? We both are Loscelles owners. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, yes. So mm-hmm. that seems seems like plenty. I mean, their their fixtures Almost are so much. good that you. you <laughs> I guess you you could try to talk yourself into a like an Almoran or
0: no maximum
1: st maximum but yeah that's a stretch right it's a stretch
0: yeah just get lasillas is 4.2 million and if, if you need anybody um and I, yeah i'd vary between somewhere between zero and one is where i'm coming in on the yeah. on the Newcastle question i mean the fixers are good i don't know i mean omaran just like you just can't string together any kind of consistency unfortunately and uh, it's too bad because he's a fun player, and he's an XMLS guy, and it'd be kind of fun to root for him on uh, the Premier League, but it just it just hasn't happened. Um, all right, two more questions before we take a break. Uh, Gabriel Castellano says, I have Jimenez and Ings. Who should be my third forward? It's a good question. If you're wild-carding right now, you had Jimenez and Ings as your two forwards, who would be your third forward? Aubameyang. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. Though well, I do like yeah. as
1: as I had mentioned, what I'm most excited about uh, coming out of the winter break uh-huh. is Leicester. And uh-huh. I mean, have I have I convinced you at all that Jamie Vardy could become productive again, come yeah. game week 28? Once they they start that great run with Norwich away?
0: Yes, I the um, you know if. I don't know. It's interesting. If, um, if Aguero gets rested at midweek, I think I'll be really tempted to move, um, uh, Vardy to, to Aguero, uh, for this weekend. Um, you know, but, but I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, there, I just like, he just doesn't look good, you know, and that's really the problem. He's not shooting at all. I don't know if that's like that, you know, how much he's, he's not getting help from, you know, his teammates or whatever, but, um, it would be nice to see him look dangerous in a match. You know, it feels like it's been – like I'm not sure in the calendar year 2020 we've actually seen him look dangerous in a match. And so, you know, yep. and, and, until he does, I, I think there was – and I'm pulling up two questions, Brandon, for the lighting round. So it might be a short later round today. Uh, Swat says, when should we expect the Vardy baby celebration? How crazy is it? <laughs> <laughs> we're still waiting oh for that to happen. Oh my god, yeah. that's
1: insane. Yeah, right. I'm I'm cultivating this theory about with Lester, um, watching them play Wolves the other day. They were late to every single ball, and this wasn't. This was prior to the red card as well, and they just. I I feel like they're probably one of the least fit teams in the league, as far as I can tell. Just slow and not. Um, just not really any um, graft to begin with either. It's kind of funny that you know a team with Jamie Vardy, you'd say that, but I do blame the players around Jamie Vardy not getting him the ball. I and mean, Harvey Barnes is probably the only one who is having a decent game these yeah. days. With Telemans and Madison are both Madison slow. What's and, going on, and man? Yeah, it's, yeah, and. It seemed like when they got when Lester got the ball in midfield, they just didn't really know where to take it. And Vardy is trying to run the channels and no one's looking for him. we need more Syunchu just booting the ball up into the channel for Vardy to chase. That's what needs to happen.
0: That's true. That would be a, a perfect goal combination. Brute one stuff. Yeah. Uh I think I think what you said earlier, and I, I think I feel like the subtext of what you were saying was they're too good to be this kind of blah. For much longer mm-hmm. Like they're a good team I believe yeah. in this Leicester team I, I think they're good um, I think Matt, I mean, T- Madison and Lemons In particular The two players Who just need to Step it up And um, I mean the, uh, that Form can get rediscovered You know It happens All the time People You know Players rise and dip In form all the time And so it does feel like It's it's coming, you know, and so maybe, maybe it is a a road match at Norwich that finally ignites things for them a little bit, you know. I mean, who knows? And, yeah. um, I don't know. It just feels like they just need that one match where everything clicks, you know, and and they just it's like it's like they've really been the same since Leicester or since uh, Liverpool scored like. Twenty-seven goals on them, you know. Uh, when they when they host that that was the the famous Trent Alexander Arnold match, you know. Um, yeah. Just like they haven't really been the same since then, and so yeah, they they just need like like to kick somebody's ass, and then they'll uh, and I think they'll be they'll be worth considering again. So, uh, all right, Brandon. Last question here. Um, Paul Larkin says I brought in Joe Gomez ahead of game week twenty-one, and every week since then he has outscored the player I captained. I would have thirty-three more points if I had captained him every week since then. I don't know how to feel about this. Not really a question, but of <laughs> worth thinking about. I think Joe Gomez, is he like the most underrated asset in in fantasy? He's up there.
1: He might be. If if the points tell that story, then yes. And I, I tend to go go back to what I was saying about Bergvine versus the rest of the Spurs midfielders. Why get Joe Gomez when you should just get Virgil van Dyke? But maybe you only have the budget for Gomez. He comes in, he does great. Why am I overthinking it? So, yeah, I I I think more to uh, more to Paul's question though. You cannot, you can't look backward like this. You'll drive yourself insane. Totally.
0: And he doesn't have a lot of goal threat, but he is a five million, he's five point three million right now. Five point three million defender who has ten clean sheets in his last eleven games. I mean yeah you gotta yeah. you gotta throw him a bone it's, it's impressive
1: i will say give to, to look on the positive side paul you made a great transfer looking back at game week 21 and it's yeah. worked out for you
0: that's true look Be at the happy. price this this is like brandon you'll you get like a goal from your captain you're like oh, i should have been two uh all right so <laughs> all right let's take a break and uh, we'll get back and we'll answer our now shorter lightning round questions
1: All right, we're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sport. March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day are right around the corner. BetOnline.ag has you covered. For all your latest news, scores, and odds, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part, when you sign up, you receive a 50% welcome bonus. So head over to BetOnline.ag now and use our promo code BLUEWIRE, that's all one word BLUEWIRE, to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's super easy, and if you're already into betting it's a fantastic way to support the Always Cheating Podcast. Again, the promo code is BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline your online sportsbooks experts.
0: I'm excited, Brandon. I think March Madness is coming up. I think I think it's finally time for you and I to, to spend a little money. It's, it's not not Michigan State, not them. They're terrible this year. But let's find <laughs> let's find our team. Maybe it's Gonzaga, yep. uh, and we'll we'll go for it. All right, we'll go to BetOnline.ag, and we're gonna go for it. absolutely go Zags. All right. All right, Brennan, we're back. Lightning around time. Uh, as I mentioned, it's a little shorter than it was before. Uh, we had a couple of questions about the winter break. I you know we talked about a little bit at the top of the podcast, but I thought we could just answer these three questions. And, you know, we don't need to snark on it or whatever. It's just, it is what it is, right? We, we, we're kind of through it now. or almost through it. And I think it's worth um, thinking about to the extent that we can change anything. You know, it's interesting to just sort of decide, you know, how we felt about it. And, you know, I think it will have, if it comes again next year, it will definitely change my approach as a fantasy manager. Um, I was surprised at just how poor Liverpool looked yesterday. And people talk about the wind a little bit, but I, the, I'm sorry, like the wind was not, in my opinion, the key reason why Arsenal or why Liverpool couldn't string together more than like two or three passes. It was just, they, they just didn't mm-hmm. look like a, you know, it like they were coming in. It was like game week one, you know, they just weren't ready to, they weren't at their best. And I think, you know, it's it's to be expected coming out of a long break like that. So um fbi artistry just straight up says is the winter break good or not so what do you think good or not i know you talked about this a little bit in your kitchen table pod for patrons this week
1: yeah for our supporters i i I went off on one on our patreon podcast last week and i feel like the winter break is it's good in theory and that workforce labor everywhere deserves time off to rest and recuperate and rejuvenate but this winter break is bad because it seems to all center around broadcast revenue and the way they've staggered these fixtures, the broadcaster are actually getting more for their money, not less because they have another weekend of football mm-hmm. to show on TV. So it just seems like this, the idea of a winter break is meant to be for good. But the, what we, but what we have is frankly like morally bankrupt,
0: yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like if if I, if I were in charge and I did it again, um, yeah, first of all, yeah, I would just, I mean, let's assume that the TV rights thing is just so, such a major factor that there's just no getting around it. I, I do think if you had just done five in both game weeks and they're both Saturday and Sunday, so that the first one was one early match, one match at the usual kickoff time, you know, 10 a.m. in the U.S., 3 p.m. in the U.K., and then one later match, and then it was two matches the next day. I think even if you mm-hmm. you know if you did that on Saturday and Sunday both game weeks, it would have it would feel more like a normal game week, and the way that they've stretched it out over four days this game week and these as you said these five hour gaps between matches, it just it doesn't feel like the Premier League. You know, it feels like like a I don't even know what it feels. If, you know, it feels like um, like an exhibition or something. It doesn't feel <laughs> like like
1: like a PBS like, pledge drive.
0: It's just not what I like like about the Premier League, you know I like the excess of it and um and just in like you said, maybe it's just like you can you can see the kind of like the dollar signs like a little too prominently in the way that yeah. it was spread out like this, and it just kind of feels like like a cash grab I mean it's, it's kind of like the international Champions Cup in the summers, you know where you're just like ugh. Like, all right, like, I right. see, you, you know, I see where you're doing this and, you know, tickets are a fortune and you're just like, eh, no thanks, yeah. you know? And I sort of, that's how I feel about the winter break too. Just like, eh, no thanks. Yeah. Like um, if you're going to do a yeah. winter
1: break, just do it and make it clear this is a break. And then totally. it's yeah. good for people to see that it's a break and respect it. And we can all, we, we can yeah. find other things to do if we have to.
0: Totally. All the European clubs do it, uh, you know, outside of, outside of England. So um and it's fine you know yeah so it's just the i I don't i don't love the way it was done uh chris day Carey says moving forward are all post winter winter break game week's gonna be like this one maybe i mean you know you're gonna have high winds and dangerous weather in the winter it'll be interesting to see if they still stagger it the way they did this week i mean i guess Mm -hmm. i guess if you lived in the uk these times don't are kind of fun because a lot of them are prime time um Mm -hmm. but yeah certainly in the u.s all these three o'clock matches and stuff it's just like Kind of just made me feel kind of disconnected with the Premier League over the over yeah, the stretch, right?
1: Yeah, if I if I had to guess, I would say it, it was it's going to look pretty similar next season. The winter mm-hmm. break,
0: I think so too. Uh, and then finally, just to just to get we had like. I mean, we probably had 20 questions about the winter break uh, across the Slack and Twitter. So I, I, I want to throw these a couple on here. Um, last one, though. Uh, Benny Blanco says, is the slow, painful drip feed of games actually more frustrating than a clean break? Uh, I feel like we've already kind of answered that one.
1: Yeah. I, I th- yes, I think we agree that it is. You know, a clean yeah. break is what it is. We know how to deal with that. Yeah, this is just another beast. It's another level of fame. <laughs> Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, all right. So let's, let's move on from there. Yeah. Not, not a huge kind of like VAR, right? Not a huge fan. Not expecting things to change very much. Uh, FPL Wire says, have you got a front seven that covers only the six teams you will see on tour? Can't beat those live FPL points i wish we were on tour we're just we're just going really I yeah mean, because so, actually we're doing some stuff there we can't really talk about it yet but we are doing some stuff over
1: there yeah there are there are more announcements to come on what we'll be up to when we're in england but yeah the three matches that we're going to see will be arsenal west ham that's saturday this is game week 29 we're talking about so we'll see arsenal west ham so yeah it'll be fun to get a bomb yang in for that one and mm-hmm. then on sunday we'll be at the manchester derby so come on kdb Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume you're still not going to have uh, Anthony Marcial at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. Can't help me. And, and then Monday we're going to go see Lester Aston Villa. So um, Grealish, Vardy, Soyuncu, these or or, or uh, I don't know, Ricardo Pereira is someone who's starting to bubble up in my mind as a, if you really do want to make a move, try and um, chase points. During that great run of fixtures, if you, if you think Lester are going to get some clean sheets, Pereira. Has looked pretty good the last
0: month, I think. Yeah, I wish it was a little cheaper, but, uh, but I'll certainly have, uh, I'll have at least Sandri for that one if no one else. So, um, yeah, God, right. I just got one player for those three matches. That'd be sick. No, I'll have KDB for sure. So that's that's, that's at least two. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, last okay, time so, we were in yeah. England to see matches, I think
1: the I don't remember having any players playing. So we saw, um, Brighton West Ham at the Amex and. You were trying to talk me into getting Glenn Murray, and I decided to get Arnautovic instead, mm-hmm. yep. and Glenn Murray ended up scoring. So I missed my first great opportunity and to a see a lot One nil, all three bonus three points. points. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then we saw Spurs against Cardiff, and did you have Harry
0: Kane captained in that match? No, I didn't even have Harry Kane on my team for that one. Uh, that, okay. was a, that was a pure watch for both of us. Right. Although no, we were we were there with with producer uh, Nick Wright, and he did Captain Kane, so that was that was a painful one. Right. Our
1: heart goes out to you, Nick. And then it was Fulham Arsenal, and that was just um, an absolute drubbing of Fulham five yeah. one. I think the final score yeah. was or six one. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I think we might have had Mitro. We had any? Uh, maybe Mitro. Mm-hmm. That was that was it, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, we, we should at least. I, I think this year. I mean, give more of my, Like given the i don't know i was probably just gonna bring somebody in just for the fun of it uh you know whatever like it's it's supposed to be fun right uh so yeah so i I think i probably have at least one player uh in in all three of the matches i mean you know maybe i'll just bring in an arsenal defender and just kind of take a chance maybe i'll bring in uh baron let's see so um yeah that's those are the questions uh just quickly brian looking ahead to game week 27 um Stretch out over three days, although fairly normal. We have a Saturday match, uh, Saturday matches, tons of them. Sunday we've got three, and then Monday is Liverpool West Ham. So I guess the question yep. is, are you are you looking past? Would you consider captain anybody who wasn't? I don't know. Probably Mo Salah in uh, in this game week.
1: Yeah, uh, my armband right now is on Mo Salah. My vice captaincy is on Danny Ings, and I've just flagged Ings. As an interesting option, I mean, much has been made about Southampton's woeful home form. Yeah. And yeah, sort of being beaten up by Burnley over the weekend has changed my thinking s- slightly about the Ing's vice captaincy. But uh, I think he's a Maverick pick. And I think if you still have Mane, as I do, that's another option to yeah. try and outwit the solid captainers. <laughs>
0: Why not, right? I mean, he's definitely going to start that yeah. match, uh, especially if we have not been rested yeah. uh, this week. I, I, if I were you, I would – I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm honestly – I'm saying this honestly. I would yeah. 100% captain Mane if I had him for this game week because, like, between those two, it still feels like a coin flip, doesn't it? I mean, I I know he just got injured a little bit, but, I mean, unless, unless one of them just looks remarkably better than the other one, um, you know, in their Champions League match, I, I feel like you could just go ahead yeah. and, and captain either one.
1: Yeah, it feels good to know that Liverpool will have the Atletico Madrid match under their belt after Tuesday. A decent amount of time off between that Tuesday Atletico match and then the Monday kickoff at Anfield against West Ham. Yeah, no rotation. knowledge is power. Definitely going to watch what happens on Tuesday. And yeah, that might be enough to have me switch the armband over to Mane. Yeah. What about you?
0: uh yeah um uh, Mosala. um although I think Trent is somebody that um as I just kind of am looking for a little juice to my season too i mean to, to and i'm not like I'm not like in getting checked out mode but I, I do feel like I've been treading water for a few weeks now, and um I don't know, it's like there's nothing wrong with staying the course, but I think I might try to be a little take a few more chances even even like in these kind of microwaves like I think captaining Trent in this West Ham match is really tempting, for example. I mean, their their clean sheet record is remarkable. He is super attacking, always capable of getting goals and assists, probably a little overdue for some attacking returns. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he might be something that I would consider captaining. I mean, looking across his match, I think Ings is a great vice-captain pick. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody else that I'm really excited about having i mean you know quite one question for me is just whether i'll still have uh, Martial for this watford match i mean it's a home match against watford but if he looks terrible again uh (laughs) then he's gone i just can't i cannot hold him any longer and i think one of the biggest mistakes you can make in fantasy is holding a player who's not performing ahead of a theoretically plum match, you know, uh, this is just like a mistake that we fall, We all fall into time and time again, just thinking that like a good home fixture is going to save your out of form player. And it just very rarely works. I and mean, obviously sometimes it does, but it very rarely happens. And so if I were to make a move, I'd probably move, uh, Marcial to Triore. As I did, I'm actually not planning to make any transfers this game week. I'm planning just to hold, um, hold my, uh, hold my transfer for game week 28, uh, hopefully only use one in Game Week 28 and then have a two for Game Week 29 because there's a chance uh, people are talking now about a possible double Game Week in Game Week 29, uh, possibly with Man City. Uh, so we'll know more uh, by next week's podcast. Um, and so... I don't really want. I, I didn't feel like it was worth talking about too much in this week's podcast because um, I just don't think it's useful to speculate a lot. You know, and we don't really know what's going to happen, but uh, mm-hmm. might be worth. You know, if you're on the fence about using a transfer, maybe it's worth holding one um, ahead of uh, ahead of Game twenty eight.
1: You're telling me that I have to sit with Sidibe for
0: one more week. Is that what I'm hearing? Because that's not what I wanted to hear, Josh. <laughs> yeah. What is your? Do you have any transfers planned? Anyone that you're thinking about moving? Yeah. It-
1: it would be Sidibe out. I'm kind of like painted into a few different corners with uh, Mason Greenwood being my third striker. And I need to free up cash to do anything there. And you know, the promise of Aubameyang, as we discussed, he'd be an interesting one for me to get in, but it would just involve at least a minus four, if not a minus eight. So, and then I'm playing like 28. Yep, exactly. And so I feel like my team is kind of static until I play my wild card because the, those are the real moves that I, I would want to make. With Salah, Mane, and Kevin De Bruyne lodged in my midfield, it's just things, the money is just very tight and structured. So I need to shake it up with a wild card to get in a lot of the players that I want for the home stretch. And I'm just not convinced as to when I want to play it. So I'm just kind of at a loss right now. So Sidibe yeah. will be an effort to chip away, bring in uh, like a 4.5 defender for him just to help get me a little more cash on my way.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe targeting somebody who has a good match in 28, too, just as a little bit of extra coverage. You know, I think that's, that's always the problem. You know, it's mm-hmm. Arsenal, Sheffield United, Aston Villa and Man City don't play 28. And so, um, you know, what usually ends up happening there is you can usually cover it. You know, you're like... I I think right now I only have two players, um, you know, who, who won't, uh, you know, who won't have a match and game me 28, but, uh, that also means guys like Brandon Williams in theory need to be starting for my team as well, (laughs) you know? And so it it is a little bit, it makes some things a little bit tricky. And so if you can, you know, if you can keep one eye on that 28 match, um, maybe, you know, something worth considering, I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe even Jack Stevens, right? Who's you know four point four million? They play West Ham and game me twenty eighth. That's not a bad fixture at all. So, and home to Aston Villa in twenty seven.
1: I could do Sidibe to Jack Stevens, and then I would have uh, just enough money. It'll actually, point two more than I would need to turn Vardy into Aubameyang for next well, week.
0: Yeah, that would be that'd be something to think about for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure who else would be in that category. I mean, maybe. Um, Maybe one of those Burnley defenders, you know, if you kind of think that their form is improved enough to consider them. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, there's not like a, no. I mean, I, I guess another Sheffield United defender that could be something you could think about too. Um, other than yeah. you have the game Make twenty eight blank issue there as well. So yeah, interesting. Good, t- difficult decisions to come, Brandon. I'd say so. Yeah, my head it's throbbing. Well, then on that note, let's end the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit patreon.com slash always cheating. Thank you sincerely to everyone who supports the podcast. It really does help us keep going and do this podcast every week. And it it feels very good anytime we get a new patron. And it also feels good that people continue to support the Patreon for... You know, multiple years at a time um, and so it's not just the new supporters it's the ones who stick around that uh, really um, make it easy for us to do this podcast every week uh, but you can say thanks get an extra podcast each week uh, get access to our slack uh, private leagues things like that um, so yeah uh, we also have producers that we want to thank uh, brennan and if you want to name our producers i'd much appreciate it
1: I'll name them one by one as quickly as I can. But the big thanks to our producers, Trevor Ingerson, Mike DePetro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T, DeBig Gaffer, Bobis Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Kian Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kai Christine Lelang, Steen Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Bodigtel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Andy Martin, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, fplmerch.com, and James Conroy.
0: Thanks so much once again. Oh, oh, there's more. (laughs) There's more.
1: There's more. I I, I love what you said about Patreon, but just to, to anyone listening who you like always cheating, but Patreon is not your bag. Something that's easy to do and free that also helps me and Josh is just to give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts. A five-star review and um, any kind words are super helpful for us. Give us a subscription on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher ACast, virtually anywhere podcasts are available. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter at Hell Cheaters, Instagram at Hell Cheaters, Facebook.com slash always cheating. Send us an email at hailcheaters at gmail.com or visit our website for all this information and more, including the Always Cheating store, a link to the Always Cheating Super League to join there, all sorts of other cool stuff. Links to all of our back catalog of podcast episodes, alwayscheating.com. Boy, we ran through a lot of stuff just then, Josh.
0: Very true, Brandon. A lot of stuff in this podcast in general. Uh, So lots of big decisions coming up and hopefully this podcast was helpful even if it wasn't, Brandon, we're we'll leaving now. So we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. Hail, hail everybody! Hail Poku! Hail, hail Sorelaf! Come back, Sorelaf!
1: <laughs> Poku forever.